family-owned shop in Loganville, Sosby's Garage, for all your automotive repair needs. We service all makes and models, Ford and domestic. We repair engines, alternators, brakes, alignments, AC systems, and more, using certified technicians with over 90 years of combined experience. We also offer same-day service for some repairs. Sosby's Garage, 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville. Dependable, honest, and fair. Look us up on Google or Facebook. We'll take good care of you. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hey, everybody, welcome to Case in Point again, presented by Paradigm Security Services, and brought to you in part by Sosby's Garage at, uh, in Loganville, Georgia, 678 825 2127. Their technicians are ASE and Nissan Master Tech certified with over 90 years of combined experience. Go to them for an honest job. An honest person, if you need a job, he might even hire you. I'm your host, Rick Strawn, the president of Paradigm Security Services, and we're excited to be with you today on Business Radio X. We're coming to you from Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, located in beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. Each week, we plan to feature businesses in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. While all businesses have security concerns, not all are about physical security, and we will touch on that and all related aspects of security through the course of each show. Our guests today are Don Hamity, the founder and CEO, and John Watson, Vice President of Programs and Training for Odin Enterprises, LLC. Odin is an experience-based customer-driven security consulting and special services firm dedicated to providing accurate and quality security products, training, and actionable intelligence to our clients, based truth and about how best prevent, uh, prevent and protect against and prepare to respond to a critical incident. I'm really pleased to have y'all. We, we've been talking lately about a few things that we're doing and may do together. And one of the things that um, I want just uh, usually the way I started off is I kind of want the, them to figure out who you were talking to. So let me just ask you this. Who is Don Hamity? Where did you come from? How What did you go through and how did you get into what you're doing now? Hey, okay. Good morning and thanks for having us, Rick. Really appreciate it. And uh, um, I'm a DeKalb County native, born and raised here in Atlanta and uh, graduated DeKalb County school system. Remember when I-85 was two lanes each way with a grass median? You've been here a while. Back in the day. And uh, attended Georgia State University. And while I was in college there, uh, joined the U.S. Uh, Navy Reserves and uh, helped get my way through college with that. And while I was in the reserves there, my commanding officer was a U.S. Customs special agent. And that person, a uh, great guy, mentored me, uh, really brought me along, encouraged me to uh, apply for a law enforcement position so I did and uh, my first law enforcement job was a Georgia Bureau of Investigation special agent and fantastic job fantastic agency great people to work with great mission and after about six years there I moved on to the FBI and retired from there at the end of 2017 and spotlight got you it was a <laughs> <laughs> yes sir but it was a, a great career really uh, 
beyond your wildest expectations, working for the FBI and literally seeing the world and uh, beautiful places, some not so beautiful places around the world, uh, and uh, really opens your eyes to a lot of things and really uh, fills your experience bucket when uh, when you see those uh, other places that are in a turmoil or strife. Absolutely, and and that's a real good place to get a full view of it, too. Yes, it is. Well, John Watson, how about you? Uh, you're in pro vice president of programs and training, and I, I like that training part. Yeah. Tell us about you, where you come from. Uh, interesting thing about you in the cotton fields, which I'm sure I'll hear about. That's right. I represent the other end of the spectrum. I grew up in the cotton fields of Missouri. My family passed away when I was five, and I was raised by my grandmother. So I know all about picking cotton and chopping cotton and uh, doing a a really hard day's work, and it's a great motivator to go to college. Absolutely. And so I got to go to college, and uh, an organization, I was a business major, thought I would be a businessman. An organization, uh, NCIS, was interviewing on campus. I interviewed with them, and they hired me. And I spent nine years with them, uh, was in Charleston, South Carolina, Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. And while in Hawaii, the FBI had a hiring push, and they said, you know, you really should take this test. I think you could, would make a good agent. And I passed it, and they hired me. And uh, 31 years later, uh, I retired, and it was a fabulous career. Uh, as I said, I'm probably the most unlikely FBI agent you'll ever meet, but uh, <laughs> I wouldn't trade a minute of it. Now, I've, I've talked to... Uh quite a few FBI agents by past, and it's amazing some of the backgrounds of them that you yeah. would just never expect them to you find their way into law enforcement, much less the FBI. We well, all have a, a very interesting company with Odin Enterprises. Um, it's something that uh, I love hearing about because it's, it's right up in my, you know, my bailiwick as far as the type of law enforcement backgrounds that you have and you bring to it like me. You bring that experience that to be able to do what you do. Tell us a little bit about what Odin Enterprises is and what you do. Uh, let's start with Don. Sure, sure. Well, we created Odin Enterprises in uh, January of 2018. I love the name, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, in our experience and in the uh, professional world that we operated in, we, we saw and realized that there are many competent security companies out there and uh, people that are in that field that provide training and advisement and teaching services and uh, consulting in the whole security realm. Um, we all possessed formal uh, certifications and, and education and training from being on the job that the FBI forced us to go through yeah. and other things that uh, interested us, and we specialized in, in certain realms. But uh, we believe that there was a true need in the business world uh, for what and what truly set us apart is our uh, experience-based solutions. Uh, it's while we had that academic piece. Uh, I mean, Atlanta has really faced its fair share of terrorist incidents and critical incidents since uh, you know even the '96 Olympics and and on. Absolutely. And you know we have just seen from the Olympic Park bombing, the follow-on bombings at Sandy Springs, and uh, the other side lounge nightclub. Uh, the Birmingham bombings, that whole Olympic Park case, and all the aftermath of that, uh, multiple you know, school incidents around here, Heritage High School in Rockdale County, uh, Jackson County High School. We've just seen a lot of incidents around uh, the FedEx Distribution Center shooting. We've responded to all of these, and that's just in the Atlanta area. I remember them all well. Yeah. Um, uh, John was uh, one of the crisis managers at the Pulse nightclub 
shooting in Orlando yeah. and that attack and the Navy and Marine Corps Reserve Center attack in Chattanooga and then internationally uh, we've we've been involved with a lot there too so it really opened our eyes of here's the academic piece in the classroom which everyone needs but we do bring that experience based solution of knowing what will work and and really what doesn't work uh, to the table for our clients well what would what would be a, a a good example of what overall your your company's doing now today um i think uh i might throw that to you john just one of the pipelines for that crisis management and training piece oh yeah we've seen the casualty profiles escalate exponentially back in the day 70s 80s when there was a shooting you asked two questions how many people were shot was anyone killed Mm-hmm. Today, we're asking how many people were shot, did anyone survive? So we realized there was an unmet need, Rick, of if you're going to have a security program, you'd better have a well-developed physical security program, and you'd better have a well-trained guard force. Absolutely. In addition to that, you have to be forward-leaning, and you have to have a mindset of prevention. We've realized we cannot expect our schools, our churches, our businesses to stop people from carrying out nefarious acts with no notice, very little perimeter security, etc. There is only one tool available to achieving prevention, and that is the tool of predictive intelligence. And that's one of the things that I'm so proud uh, of our company for is our intelligence program and the use of that tool. And you want to take a moment and talk about that? Uh, regarding the uh, social the media? The intel piece, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, we, uh, we have a robust social media threat monitoring and analysis piece we view this as basically virtually extending those perimeters uh, of the company Uh, that uh, allows us to predictively uh, hopefully and and provide that intelligence to the client that something uh, nefarious may be in the works or planning on that social media piece that's Uh, so important it is we uh, we view that as as kind of one of the legs on that stand obviously the physical security piece who's authorized to be in that facility uh, your internal threat who may be the insider threat in that business uh, all of that coupled together gives a whole picture of what that security posture could look like and should look like and as we say it virtually extends that perimeter if we know or see someone posting something online uh, that's a huge factor before uh, an act is carried out um, we we work in in consult with the company and it's a give and take uh, uh, relationship and being able to help geofence and provide that predictive analytical intelligence back to that company what we have found is a lot of companies do social media monitoring and they provide that uh, many are are uh, overseas-based platforms. Ours is U.S.-based, and it's actually right here in Gwinnett County. Uh, awesome. Yeah, so that uh, that's a huge piece for us. It's U.S.-based, and we provide an analytical component in the middle. So we use law enforcement trained and, and, and U.S. intelligence uh, analysts that are trained in that realm to provide that middle piece. What we found is a lot of the companies send these threat alerts directly to the to our to the client and that person that they don't know what to do with them number one they you know and it's it's no skin on them it's just tough that that person that's employed by that company they're doing two or three jobs and then 
someone says, hey, by the way, we're initiating uh, social media threat uh, monitoring, and you're going to be that person that has to uh, deal with that. Mm-hmm. And now 30 or 40 threats may come in, and they haven't been trained. They're trying to do other jobs, especially in the uh, special events realm and uh, the sporting industry. Assistant security manager or security managers running around, they're inundated with daily work, and now uh, everything's elevated to them. We use trained analysts to take that noise out in the middle, and then we are that reach-back consulting capability and advisement for that. And I think that's the part that really sets us apart, Rick, Mm -hmm. is that we have former FBI analysts in our shop for years, the FBI was criticized for not being able to connect the dots. We connected the dots better than anybody in the world. The rub came in, what is a dot? Yep. Someone's flying a model airplane uh, close to Hartsfield Airport. Is that a dot? Are you really going to send a police officer over there for uh, you know that? Uh, would you send a police officer if a nun was flying a model airplane? We don't. You know What is a dot? These analysts have been trained in megadata metadata high threat intelligence analytics and so using those people because we understand that if you send to the c-suite a code red every day in a week it gets to be old you're done they have the ability to look at this information and decipher whether it is information or intelligence and the two are not the same absolutely so can we give the boss you a decision making advantage or are we just cluttering your inbox? Now, you know, and a lot of people don't realize that, you know, just that difference between information and intelligence. Intelligence can be valuable. Information can be overwhelming. Absolutely. And you can get a lot of superfluous stuff that just absolutely has nothing to do with anything you really need to be going. But you, if you've got someone that you're paying to do that, then if they're sending you information, you feel like you've got to you've got to look at it. You've got to pay attention. You've got to look at it, decide what you're going to do. So you've wrapped up a lot of your time right. on something that may just be information. And that's what we saw. Most corporations that we dealt with were information-rich and intel-poor. <laughs> and so yeah. we try to, to narrow that gap. Well, I think that, that, that part's amazing where, you know, you've got all these analytics experts – and you're able to look at this stuff and, and get more than just a reactive, you get a proactive. Right. And I am big on being proactive. And one of the uh, biggest things in being proactive is training. Mm-hmm. That's a very important criteria for anybody. And in, in, in my experience, I've seen far too many, well, y'all not really in a guard service. You're in a far different type of a, of a, of a atmosphere. But when you're doing with something like that, even in yours, but even in our industry, it's training that makes a difference. If you just do the requirements of what you have to do, that's trying to cheap it out and get through and get somebody out there and get them in the uniform. Are they breathing? Right. You know, do they have a pulse? Well, I'll throw the mandated training in. That's, that covers my butt. Right. And then we'll put them out there. And that is such a dangerous position to put your people in as well as to put your client in and so i'd be interested to hear your perspective how has because you own a company how has your training changed in this digital age this age of social media and video games how has it changed from the 70s 80s to the people you're hiring today well the people i'm hiring um you know that's a hard question to answer because 
we have so much information out there that these people pick up and they gather. They want to spend all their time playing on these games. They want to spend their time, which if they're playing on the games and learning social media and all, that's a good thing. But we, when we're doing the hiring process, we've got to pay attention to what is it they're playing and what is it they're on and what is it they're looking at and what is it they're viewing. Right. So one of the things that we do is we check out what their social media content is. you got to. Right. Uh, a lot of people say, well, you can't do that. That's a violation of their rights. Well, no, it's not because they want to come to work for us. We let them know we're going to look. Yeah. And if they say no, they don't work for us. I mean, it's that simple. Yeah. We don't have to hire people. It's right to work. And so we don't have to hire you. But if you want us to, we need to look at this stuff. Yeah. And you do that then so that they don't have time to try to go in and clean it up. And that is something. You can find out more about a person by looking at what it is they look at, how it, you know, how much time do they spend on these really strange sites. Mm-hmm. Are they uh, uh, conspiracy theorists? Are they paying a lot of attention to the... You know the Arab terrorist type stuff. Are they are they looking at that? I mean, we have people with us that are of an Arab background, Muslim background, but they are people that are have assimilated into society. They into the American society. They're people that are just like you and me, and they're not interested in being out there in the jihadi stuff. And that's important, just like it is with you. I'm sure that that's what y'all do. At least I feel fairly sure that's what y'all do, is y'all look at their content and the background, and you don't just look at last week. Right. You've got to look back for an extended period of time, as far back as you can most of the time, because most of them haven't been on there. At the age we're getting them, most of them haven't been on there longer than three or four or five years at the most. But I imagine with the people that y'all are looking at, some of them are a lot older. You may have to go back 10 years. Well, and if you really want to know about people today, instead of getting a court order to put a listening device in a room, you get a court order to put a tracker on their computer. Absolutely. And you'll learn a whole lot more about them. Absolutely. Now, that's, yeah, I hadn't really even thought about that as far as the ability, you know, I know about the ability to do it. But, yeah, that is something I can see where putting that tracker would tell you a lot more. Oh, they don't talk. They text. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, Rick, I think that's a a great lead-in to... You know, discussing, and I throw this back to John too. The uh, the whole corporate insider threat, and maybe that counterintelligence or economic espionage piece that we're seeing. Uh, you know, it's pervasive oh, yeah. in well, society right now. Well, Absolutely, we're, we're losing trillions, literally trillions of dollars. Uh, we're paying out money for the for the research and development. And we have foreign nationals in this country who are saying, thank you very much for working the bugs out. We'll now take the finished product and goodbye. And you've got the people that are inside that are sending it to them. They sure are. And so tell me, you've got a company that says, I don't know what the issue is, mm-hmm. but I know these people are getting our, getting our R&D intelligence. What do, you, what do you say? How do you approach that? I say that the only people who should have access to that technology are the people who have a need to have access to that technology. I really don't care how long you've been at the company. I don't care what a great guy you are. I really don't even care about your security clearance. We're both cleared to the moon. I have no need to know your personal finances. Absolutely. So it has to be a need-to-know basis or you're sunk before you even start. But paying very close attention to their work hours, their associates, 
particularly their computer usage. Why are you on websites you should not be on? Why are you trying to access projects you are not working on? Um, money, You're, are you living beyond your means? If you have unexplained affluence, why? Maybe you had an uncle that passed away. Maybe perfectly explainable. Perfectly legit. But then again, Aldrich Ames was the worst spy in the history of the CIA. He lived in an $850,000 house and drove a Jaguar, and his salary was $70,000 a year. Yeah, I'll tell you something. That's what we in the FBI call a clue. <laughs> yeah, well, in local law enforcement, we call that a clue, too. Um, yeah, looking at people like that, and there's also things within the family. You know, are you having issues within the family that are causing you to reach out and want to and need to feel like you need to get more money, more income, more some kind of research source because of the issues you're having at home. And that's what we see for the active shooters in well over 50% Absolutely. of the cases. There has been a precipitating event. There has been a death of a spouse. There has been the loss of a job. There has been something that triggered this individual that for 30 years, you know, Bob was a very quiet guy. He did his work. Happily st- married, got I a mean, family. And yep. one day he walked in and shot everyone in his unit. And you're like, why? How? And I have told people, and, uh, you know, corporations ask us that all the time. What can we do? And I said, if you really want to do something to stop this, have a company picnic once a month and make sure everybody has a friend because it's a whole lot harder to kill a man when you know the names of his children. Absolutely. Well, and not only that, but I found in the workplace, and since we're kind of talking about that, is a lot of times these people send signals. Uh, if you've got, you've worked around somebody for five, six years, and you've got a group of people in there, you can see when the personality changes. You you can tell when they're bothered. You know, reach out to them, ask them if there's something going on. Can I help you? If they're no, but it doesn't change and it gets worse or whatever, go. To, you know, your company needs to have some kind of system set up where you can get confidential discussions with your hr people and say look i don't know what's going on with robert or with june but there's something going on here and it's just not right they're getting antsy they're they're all of a sudden they're not coming to work on time they're irritable all the time especially they're getting irritable all the time with people that they're around that they're that they know and they're familiar with that normally they've been friends with for years be able to talk to them and have a confidential conversation and let's let people look at it, start paying attention, and more times than not, if people did that, they would be able to identify these people before the incident. Yeah, and Don, it, uh, I'd be interested to hear your take. I had to turn in, I, we both had to turn our personal finances, a complete report, down to the penny. Again, thank you, Alder James, <laughs> each and every year. Over the course of 31 years, I took 13 polygraphs. Good Don, for you. I passed Good them for the all. FBI. Passed them all, I'm glad to say. <laughs> I went through debilitating issues, family issues. Uh, Don lost a spouse. Not one time did the federal government ever think it would be a good idea for us to speak to a, a counselor just as a routine part of our evaluation. You know, we carry guns for a living. Yeah. But I had to take a PT test every year. I had to prove that I was physically fit. But not one time. Would you agree with that? Yeah, pretty much. You were physically fit to kill somebody. 
That's it. <laughs> as long as they weren't a fast runner. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's multifaceted, and we see that in private industry. And, and John has mentioned in a number of his presentations and, and discussions with uh, other corporations, is this the same person you hired eight years ago? What has happened in their personal life? Have they lost a child? We see someone destroy a copy machine at work. We're a heavily medicated society. So what is going on? We just don't know. And, you know, John's not saying that facetiously or, or flippantly of the company picnic. No, it, absolutely. You know, know your people and, and what's changed in their life and how can we, we help them and bring them into the fold. You know, a lot of people do say, oh, it's the whatever, ABC Company family. We're here for you. But, but is that they? really the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's lip service, but a lot of them really do step up to the plate and do the right thing. And we incorporate all of this in our training, that employee wellness, that uh, armed guard force wellness. That's a critical aspect. And, uh, you know, John makes sure that's part of the program. Yeah, I mean, we, some total, Rick, we have lost, including 3,000 people in one day, we have lost 4,000 thousand Americans to acts of terror. Mm-hmm. Each and every year we lose 610,000 Americans to heart disease. And you have a background in law enforcement, high stress, shift work, bad food, eating on the run, bad supervisors. We are drunk. <laughs> we won't go there. We're dropping like flies. Yeah. And it is becoming a national security issue. I I totally with you preaching to the choir there. I totally get that. Um, you know, there there's so many facets that y'all work in. It's really amazing. Now, one of the things that you, that you talk about is C-suite to the mailroom. That's kind of an odd way of putting I know where you're going with that, but how about explaining that a little yeah. bit? Well, I'll take the first part. Um, if an incident happens, you're going to have a unified command show up in your parking lot, which consists of firefighters, police officers, FBI agents, emergency managers. Well, corporations also have a responsibility, that unified command. Training that C-suite, when this happens, this is what you are going to have to do to integrate with those chiefs and to come up with a, a suitable result. That's part of the training that we do with the executives, training exercising tabletops full field exercises but that's the the top part but we also go through mid-level management right down to the mailroom don's background uh, is in bombs eod and i want you to take a minute and talk about that yeah um it is multifaceted again all the way down to the mail handling personnel you know what is in that package is someone mailing something to a controversial CEO? Is it a healthcare industry where someone is mad because something was denied? Someone always has a beef. So sure. we, we start there. And what does an explosive device, an IED, look like on an x-ray? Have they ever received that training? Uh, new equipment. What is the capability of that equipment? So we utilize their equipment and provide that training at that base level for that mail handling personnel and then specific work units, whether it's the physical security and the armed guard force, whether it's IT, whether it's corporate communications. We really like to see a room full of all of them uh, when we exercise this. We give them the same broad-based training, much more in-depth than the C-suite gets because these are the folks that yep. are going to be the managing that, that incident. When it happens, facilities is critical. Uh, those folks know everything that's happening inside that building and what works what. 
Well, they also know if something's out of place. Exactly. What doesn't look right. What doesn't look right. And that's one of the most important aspects that you can get out of anything on this thing is being able to walk through a room and say something's not right, not knowing what it is, but you stop and you look and you can identify, you know, what it, it may be nothing. But if it is something, you know it's something if you've had the right training. Right. Right. And after 9-11, the white powder letter became the new bomb threat. Yep. And you know you're in trouble when you show up at a company and a guy says, it tastes a lot like sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Don't lick it. Put it down. Get away. Or it smells like. Yeah. 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 And I was thinking the same thing when we were talking is the big thing with the powder. And teaching these people things like, you know, you don't have to open it to know there's powder in it. You can feel it right. and tell there's powder in that envelope. Don't open it. Right. That's Call absolutely true, Rick. And, you know, we saw that, and I think just in the Atlanta division of the FBI, we were over, gosh, 650, 700 oh, we documented. Were, yeah, we were in the thousands. White powder letters that actually oh, yeah. precipitated a response in those first few years. But we would get calls. We actually had a sheriff's office call us, and they taste tested, thinking it was drugs, which you shouldn't be doing you anyway. You shouldn't be doing taste tracing, period. Yeah, it was a, uh, a piece of wow. luggage from Atlanta Airport that ended up in middle Georgia, and it was not attributable to any person, and they, they taste tested it, and, <laughs> and then they called us. But, yeah, a lot of strange things happen, and it's all lack of training. And now, uh, Sometimes you've got to have a little common sense in there, too. There you go. And one time, you know, I, I was so put out with one officer that literally tasted the thing. I said, how many of these have we been on? Why are you doing this? And this kid looked at me and said, Mr. Watson, this is the first one I've ever had, which made me realize this training piece had to go on forever because yeah. people change. And people have a tendency not to train the people that come into it. Exactly. Especially if they're being replaced. Yeah. I'm not training anybody. Right. Let them learn the way I did. Right. You know, and that's 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 a big key to to passing stuff along. Even when you're within the same company, I find that just getting people from shift to shift, if you got a new man coming in, passing down all the pertinent information on post orders, right, can be a challenge in and of itself. Yeah. You know, you've always got to stay on top of it. You've always got, and training is a big issue. You've always got to stay on top of the training part. Right. It can fall through the the slats in the floor in a heartbeat yeah the 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 processes don't change the people change and i don't think i really paid close enough attention to that yeah and i think uh you know being that 9-11 era we were on the job in the 90s then 9-11 happens and everything changes and you are in a wide open hair on fire operational mode day and night every day for years and not that training became secondary but we're trying to prevent at that point uh, 150% of, of what may happen, and then that coupled with the wave of retirements. Mm-hmm. So you are training an entirely new force and new people coming on, and well, all of it's happening at the same time. Yeah. I mean, the changeover is constant. You've got levels that are leaving and coming back. There's always a changeover with anything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. I know that I tell a story that how I named Paradigm is that when the buildings were hit, the paradigm of security completely changed. That day, everything changed in the way of security. Security personnel, private security, and even in your business, your first responders, any way you look at it, law enforcement, fire, 
and meds used to be the only quote unquote first responders. Now we get calls to security and you get to face these people long before the police get there. You've got to be able to handle it. You've got to know what to do. Even if it's back off and observe and report, you've got to know what to do. If you don't, you can screw everything up in a heartbeat and get people killed. You sure can. And we talked about that extensively, that the quality of the response, nine times out of ten, depended upon what that on-scene security officer did or did not do in the first 15 minutes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's where the training comes in that is so, so, so important. Gosh, I could go on here forever. <laughs> um, I, I have another one about crisis management work that you also have a counterintelligence awareness component. Can you real quickly go through that for me? Tell me a little bit about, uh, yeah. explain to it what it consists of. Well, I think it, it morphs really into the insider threat. There are a number of types of insider threat, and one of them is a straight-up strategic espionage. And people think that's a Clancy novel, but it happens. We've seen it. Uh, economic espionage in places like Coca-Cola, Bridgestone, Golf. When we had a group of four nationals steal a rice seed out of the Dale Bumpers Rice Research Institute in Stuttgart, Arkansas, you knew there was no geographical area in the world that was exempt. And today, I think most people would be surprised to know that in the past 25 years, we have averaged a successful prosecution of espionage in the United States, on average, once every 60 days. And so if you watch the news in the last two or three weeks, there have been three or four uh, cases of Chinese espionage, defense sector, educational sector. So it's prevalent. It's not going away. And I anticipate probably with our uh, immigration uh, policies being what they are, uh, it's going to continue. And it's going to increase. It will. Uh well, guys, I tell you what, I absolutely love this opportunity to sit down. We'll have to do this again when we can talk about some more about Odin, because what y'all are doing is amazing. Um, and if someone wants to get in touch with you, Don, and talk about um, what Odin can do for them, or or what it can, how do they get in touch with uh, you? Sure, just uh, straight off our website at uh, odinenterprises.net and. Uh yeah, we're we're around to help, and if you need anything, we are uh, we're available. Well, Don Hamity, founder and CEO, and John Watson, the training vice president program. Thank you very much for coming on. It's been uh, a lot of information here for people that I hope that they got something out of. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Rick. Well, thank you for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. Remember, you can join us live every Wednesday at 11.30 in the morning. Or you can listen to our show anytime you want by going to businessradiox.com and clicking on the Gwinnett Studio, then click, of course, on Case in Point. Join us next week at 11.30 when we will talk with business leaders about their businesses and related security issues in today's world. Thanks again to my two guests, Don and John. And, you know, it's just love having you. And for my producer, Mike, And again, I'm Rick Strawn, and remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets.